stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Some uh, challenging times for Alberta's oil and gas industry. I mean, we had earlier this week the uh, latest drilling forecast from from PSAC, and those aren't uh, really encouraging numbers as uh, their forecast for this year has been downgraded yet again. Uh, We have an announcement just recently from uh, Deutsche Bank that they are going to end financing uh, for new oil and gas projects in the oil sands. There was also the announcement yesterday. uh, The Total, uh, the French oil company Total, is uh, writing off uh, billions of dollars worth of oil sands assets here in Alberta. Uh, And it's apparently also going to end its uh, participation in the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers. Um, in terms of, you know, a future rebound in prices, there's been some, some forecasts out this week that suggest maybe we shouldn't get our hopes too high. There's obviously ongoing uncertainty about uh, Keystone XL and what's happening uh, on the uh, south side of the uh, 49th parallel. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of challenges facing the industry. Now, one of the ways in which the government vowed it was going to, to change the fortunes of the industry was through the so-called war room, the Canadian Energy Centre. And this was going to fight back. Uh, against some of the enemies and the obstacles facing the, the oil sands. But what's the evidence telling us so far about whether this approach has been effective at all? I mean, there's the political theater of it. I think people don't mind the idea of we're going to fight back, whatever that entails. But in terms of measuring actual impact and results, I don't know. I don't know that there's a strong case to be made. Uh, at this point, or a case really at all to be made for the Canadian Energy Centre. An interesting uh, op-ed this week from our next guest on the uh, latest uh, stumbles from from the uh, Energy Centre and whether it's still worth keeping this around, uh, Andrew Leach, who is uh, at the uh, Alberta School of Business, University of Alberta, an energy and environmental economist, and he joins us uh, on the line here this afternoon. Andrew, always good to talk to you here. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. So, um, you know, the Canadian Energy Centre, I mean, they, they kind of went quiet for, for a while, you know, through this pandemic as, as other issues took centre stage. They had their budget sort of, I think, briefly kind of cut, although I believe that yeah. that funding has been restored. Um, I mean, at what point is it fair to, to start to draw conclusions about whether this has worked or is working? Uh, well, it- you know, I think you highlighted some of the, the bad news stories, but one of them that really caught my eye was, was Deutsche Bank, where the premier's response was, you know, well, we, we've got to get out and talk to Deutsche Bank. They, they got this information from a glossy blo- brochure. We've got to correct their understanding of, of the facts. And, you know, we've spent, regardless of the budget cut, we've spent, ten, well, supposedly up tens of millions of dollars on, on the war room that was supposed to accomplish that. And if, if, Eight months in, Deutsche Bank is still getting its information about the oil sands from somebody's glossy brochure. That's a pretty big admission of defeat. Yeah, it, it does seem as though, you know, the question has always been, is this message getting to the people that need to get it? Um, you know, I, I could probably go through some of what the Energy Center has put out and say, OK, sure, I agree with that or that that's a good point. But it often seems like they're preaching to the choir that this is for the consumption of Albertans who are already kind of on board with all of this. And it's more about, you know, that kind of rah, rah. Yeah, I agree with this about time. Somebody said this sort of thing, as opposed to trying to win hearts and minds. Yeah, I think that's that's the audience. But, 
again, even on that front, it's, I don't think they're doing that well, right? When you compare to um, even Canada Action that has become ubiquitous and, you know, everybody's got a T-shirt or a sticker yeah. or, or what have you, and and whether or not uh, you agree with them, they've certainly, you know, by leaps and bounds, exceeded the impact in the local market of the war room, which essentially has a much bigger, but, you know, I don't expect Cody and company are operating with tens of millions of dollars of, of budget. No, and that's the thing. I think, you know, if you gave them $30 million or heck, even if you gave cap $30 million, they, they could probably do a lot, a lot with that money. I mean, it, it seemed to me early on that if we were going to do this, we we're going to set up this energy center, it would need competence, credibility, and independence. How, how do you score them on those three counts? Uh, you know, I, I think badly on all three, which is which is disappointing. It, it never started out as being independent, and I, I hit this in my piece. It sort of has bias as a mission statement, right? It's not about information. It's about promotion. So once you position it as we're going to get information out that supports only a particular message, you're not really in the, in the business of information. You're in the business of propaganda or lobby. On competence, I think, you know, the, the record speaks for itself. Third logo... Uh, a lot of misinformation being corrected, you know, the temerity to challenge the New York Times for being a biased organization when that's their mission statement effectively. All of these things are just, it's not rising to, to the level we'd expect for something with that kind of funding. Uh, regardless of the fact they have some very good people, Deborah Jeremko would be a highlight. You know, people who've written on the energy industry for a long time, know the sector very well. Uh, despite that, almost, they seem to be um, misfiring a lot. Well, they do. There, there was one example, and you highlighted recently, where, uh, you know, they're trying to make an argument about the importance of the oil and gas sector to Canada's economy. And obviously, that, that should be a, a slam dunk kind of thing uh, for, for any kind of competent agency like this to make. But when 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 you're as sloppy as as they seem to be in making this case and and you're making some pretty basic errors uh you, you know it really undermines i think your your credibility tell us a bit more about this this error you caught yeah so so this week's was uh part of their new campaign which is uh, i think it's called when we work canada works so trying to make that pitch that the oil and gas industry is important to canada's economy which it of course is uh, and they went and, and grabbed some data from a Natural Resources Canada website, and one of the pieces of information they put forward in one of their ads was the oil and gas sector is Canada's largest economic subsector. It's 10.6% of GDP. And you know anybody that's worked in, in this sector, in the economic side of the sector, knows that number is too high. Uh, the oil and gas sector is sort of 5 or 6 maybe 6.5%, depending on how you measure it, uh, percent of, of Canadian GDP. And so what the error they'd made was they read the words, the energy sector is 10.6% of Canadian GDP, and assumed or, or translated that to a claim about the oil and gas sector. And, of course, the energy sector includes uh, the electricity sector, which is a very big part of, uh, part of our economy and not... Uh, obviously part of the oil and gas sector directly. So they, they made that mistake and, you know, fine. But what made it egregious was that in the document that they cite themselves, there's there in big, bold letters, the oil and gas sector is 5.6% of GDP, and they're putting out a, uh, a number that's almost double that. <laughs> Uh, and like I said, look, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help. At the end of the day, ultimately, I, I think people who are supportive of the industry, as much as we appreciate uh, those that are, are 
billing themselves as fighters for the industry. If you know th these kinds of of errors and gaffes and 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 embarrassments, frankly, it's probably not doing the industry any favors. Maybe even the opposite. Well, well, that's that's the other point I raised is if you say you know you're trying to change people's minds. So you highlighted Total's announcement this week. But, you know, we've had a number of companies take similar write down Suncor Tech and Total, primarily around the, the Fort Hills project. But, you know, a lot of these international companies and international uh, sources of capital and financing and insurance are under a lot of pressure about greenhouse gas emissions. So, you know, the, the war room coming out with a piece that says it's going to be really hard for Canada to meet its emissions target, even if on that day, uh, Total's chief executive happened to surf over to the Canadian Energy Centre, and what does he see? But the or what, do, what? What did their executive see? But an arm of the Alberta government effectively advocating for it being too hard for Canada to reach its emissions targets. That's not going to change their minds, right? That's not going to make them say, "Well, that's helpful to us in arguing for for more investment in Canada's oil sands with our shareholders who are pushing us really hard to reduce emissions. It wasn't going to change Shell's mind. It makes it harder for Suncor and CNRL to uh, raise capital internationally. And Synovus is doing great things on the emissions front. So it, it cuts against exactly the message that, that some of those companies want to send. Yeah, and it seems as though they've they've kind of set up the energy center that that you know regardless of what happens, there's a need for it. If we're able to show some substantial progress, great, the energy center's working. But it's almost in a weird way like the failures somehow justify that we got to fight harder. See, we've got people that are making these decisions and they're attacking the oil sands, and it just shows why we need the energy center in the first place. At least the way it's being framed now. That there's, you know, there, there's no argument that could be made against it, at least from the government's point of view. Yeah, and I think there there is some rationale to it. I, I think I've been on your show a number of times, uh, highlighting things that I've corrected that people have grossly exaggerated about the oil sands, and and this is not something, or sorry, this is a real problem that exists. That people have an impression of the oil sands or have an impression of Alberta, which really isn't supported by facts. So the idea of having a credible, unbiased source of information about Alberta's oil sands and our oil and gas industry, great, bring it, put $30 million towards it. I'm more than, more than happy with that. But that's not what this is. And so it's mixing the ideas of data and advocacy and um, sort of almost propaganda that are, are not always going to go together. Andrew, we'll leave it there. Uh, always appreciate the insight, and uh, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Much appreciate it. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Andrew Leach, uh, energy and environmental economist at the University of Alberta, Alberta School of Business. And, uh, yeah, Andrew's had a fun week. I think he's managed to just about uh, make everybody in Alberta politics mad at him. <laughs> he said some harsh words for the uh, Canadian Energy Centre and uh, also really got into it with uh, a lot of uh, NDP supporters. Uh, when he pushed back on the the issue of health care and, you know, the whole privatization narrative from the NDP. And, you know, Andrew made some good points I saw on Twitter this week saying, well, hang on a second here. We've got all kinds of doctors that are already essentially private businesses that work in the healthcare system. And this has been going on for years. So he was having all kinds of uh, pushback from the NDP on that. So, yeah, I think when you've managed to, to anger all sides, that's been a productive week. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe that's too cynical of you on my point. Uh,
Look, and, and I came to the conclusion a while ago that, look, it's time to pull the plug on the Canadian Energy Centre. This isn't helping. Uh, and, and frankly, it could be hurting if the Canadian Energy Centre is seen as a joke and then that, that kind of smears the industry as well. I don't know how crazy the industry is about this or whether they appreciate the quote-unquote help. Uh, they've got a pretty effective voice themselves in the uh, Association of Petroleum Producers. Andrew Leach made a great point about Canada Action, Cody Battershill and their group, and uh, just how nimble and effective they are working on a fraction of what the Canadian Energy Centre gets. So, um, yeah, I think it's time to count our losses and, and put an end to this thing, put it out of its misery. But, uh, you know, look, governments are loath to ever admit that they made a bad decision, and I suspect that's part of the case here. And I do think a lot of it is, is politics. It's virtue signaling. It's the same as like wearing the I love the oil sands t-shirt. It's, it's a way of symbolizing the same kind of thing. We got to fight. We got to have the energy center. Well, what is it accomplishing? It's not enough to just stand up and say, I think this is great. I think you got to be able to justify this. What is it achieving for us? Very little, it would seem. 974-8255 is our number here, 974-TALK. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.